my shorthand has basically determined that his wife is the daughter of a biscuit factory. <laughs> <laughs> here's Deli Alley. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they've done it! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, the Tottenham Hotspur-themed show brought to you by an assortment of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. It is transfer deadline day. Here we all are with our yellow ties on. Elio has spent the last week hiding in bushes outside the Tottenham Hotspur training ground looking for incoming players. He's been sneaking up behind Paratici, wearing dark glasses and pretending to read a newspaper, trying to listen in on his conversations. And it's all come down to this. The last few hours at the time of recording, it is currently 8pm, so we aren't quite up to the final few hours of the deadline, but we're close enough and there's been a lot of activity. And of course, we're going to be looking into that. We're going to be looking at the outs and the ins, um, but we might miss off the last couple of hours. So if this is the window where we finally get Leandro Damiao over the line and we don't report on it, then apologies in advance, but we'll do the best we can. Dave, as always, I'm going to come to you first. Welcome to another episode. How are you doing? Hi, Dags. Yeah, very excited to be here on Transfer Window yeah. Deadline Day, or as we Leeds fans like to call it, Monday. <laughs> I was about to ask how was Leeds Transfer Deadline Day, but are we just going to breeze over that? Uh, yes, it's um, it's been it's been very uneventful, mm. and there's a lot of angry people on Twitter. Well, we're no strangers to that, that I'll way. tell you that for free. How Spursy was Spurs' transfer window this time around, from your viewpoint? Well, so far, not particularly Spursy, I don't think. <laughs> I mean... Yes, in the fact that everything's happening yeah. a little bit late in the day, but I think that's how Levy operates. So I guess Levy Spursy, your Spursy, it's Spursy. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we're going to get on to talk about that in a lot of detail. And helping us do that will be, first of all, Elio. Elio, welcome back. How's the last few days Hello. been for you? Um, I, I had a very lazy weekend watching way too much Sky Sports, reading way too many obscure reports from the far reaches of um, the football dark web and uh, learning very little in the process. Yeah. But it, it's been nice to see some transfer activity after some disappointments last week, which uh, we'll touch on some transfer win activity pick up in the last couple of days. So, yeah, yeah, feeling pretty decent overall. Good. Glad to hear it. Joe, I expect you haven't really had to try very hard to look up transfer activity because Elio has been updating us at every step of the way. But how have you found the last few days of the window? Yeah, a little bit underwhelming and a couple of players, not just Spurs signings, that I've had to do a bit of research on to, to learn a bit more about. But it, it does seem to, as it always does, pick up a little bit more right by the, the end. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure the next three hours will be interesting. Absolutely. I'm sure they will, but it's been interesting enough so far, so we'll have enough to talk about. We've got a couple of outgoing players that we'll obviously talk about, a couple of ins as well, so uh, we'll get into that into more detail. We will, of course, be previewing a few games, actually, because between now and the time we're next going to be recording, we've got a couple of games coming up, so we're going to talk about those as well. And we've also got a little surprise for you as well later on, which we'll get on to, so we've all got that to look forward to as well. So, um, Elio, would you be as kind as to sum up the transfer window for us? Tell us all of the up-to-the-minute updates, who's left, who's confirmed, who's coming in, 
and uh, just give us a bit of a summary. In summation, we've uh, got rid of a bunch of players that weren't getting any game time and weren't going to get any game time that the manager clearly had no use for. Mm -hmm. And we've brought in a couple of players that actually, on paper anyway, fit in a bit more with uh, where we're deficient and what the manager needs. It's probably a bit less business than we'd have liked to have done. But uh, I think ultimately there's probably been a decision made not to just sign for the sake of it when there'll be a better market to shopping in the summer anyway particularly if we achieve Champions League football but we've managed to loan out and Dombele to Lyon with them picking up uh, all of his wages if reports are to be believed and mm-hmm. with an option not an obligation to buy for pretty much what we paid for him in the first place two and a half years ago this summer so that that is cutting out the virus uh, so to speak I believe it was at Manchester United where Pogba was referred to by Mourinho as a virus that's very much how I feel about Ndombele <laughs> to tell you the truth not that I I want to quote Mourinho too much, but I think uh, in podcast terms, I am the special one. So, um, uh, then, then, then going forward, we've uh, got uh, Brian Hill going off to Valencia. So good side. It would have been nice to get him alone in this country, but if he plays every week, gets some confidence, gets some some minutes under his belt um, at Valencia, then then I think that will serve him well going forwards. He's clearly a player with a bit of talent, but he does need to iron out some of the rough into a bit more diamonds to, to really be effective for us. But uh, mm. it's, it's good that he's got that. It'll be much better for him than five minutes off the bench every couple of weeks. We've had confirmed um, Lo Celso out the door as well on loan to Villarreal absolutely no reports of a buy option or of any description probably because we couldn't agree a fee for such a thing or maybe Villarreal just weren't interested and they were the only club that uh, wanted him apparently Emery played a big role in convincing La Celso to join there obviously together back at PSG once upon a time oh, yeah. so hopefully that's going to help him get his value up with a view to move in the summer as well because let, let's let face it La Celso like Ndombele has done the square root of f- all in two and a half years and the one that's lingering on is Deli Ali. all day it looks like he's going to join Everton it escalated very quickly rumours are that we're essentially making them pay nothing up front 10 million after 20 appearances and then various sort of easily achievable add-ons to get it up to sort of 30, 40 million each, um, 30 if uh, they're not very successful, 40 if they are successful mm-hmm. over the next uh, few years. I think that's essentially helping Everton get around FFP because they were 3 million away from their threshold uh, more than anything else rather than us just writing off a player that we wouldn't have accepted 50 million for three years ago so he's going there Uh, he's apparently doing his medical at the moment according to Fabrizio Romano who thanks to his relationship with Paratici is quite well connected for Spurs these days but Newcastle have come in trying to loan him at the death which is interesting because I imagine Newcastle might be quite appealing for Delhi with all the glitz Mm. around there at the moment but I don't think we want to sacrifice a shipping off his wages permanently and be getting central actual fees for him. I don't think we want to 
risk that for the sake of a Newcastle loan mid, so I, d- I can't see us accepting that. So that that's the outs. The yep. ins too. We've uh, gone and got Rodrigo Bentancur, who um, has been at Juventus for the last few years. Obviously, Paratici's relationships helped helped us a lot there. Something like 15, 16 million plus another five million in add-ons. So great piece of business for sort of a young international midfielder. We've gone and uh, done this eighteen-month loan with an option or obligation if uh, certain clauses are achieved for Kulusevski from Juventus as well. Once again, uh, player Paratici would have uh, known the ins and outs of quite well and like Benton Core probably fills a problem spot uh, for us as well. So so that that's where we are at the moment. Obviously, these last few hours always throw up a load of rumours about what might happen last minute, the, the old Levy time special, they used to call it, which hasn't happened since Van der Vaart. In fact, I think that's the only time it did happen. But if anything does happen, it'll be quite exciting. But I think that's probably us done for the window. Anyway, I think we made a signing while you were talking there, actually. So uh, uh, only kidding. Now, that's that's really good. Thanks for summarising that so thoroughly. And uh, I will come back to you to talk about all of those players individually because I want to talk about the outgoing players and I want your opinion on what you've seen and what you understand on the two that we've brought in as well. But Joe, let's take it over to you in a minute. And Dave, feel free to chime in as well. But I'm curious to hear just your assessment of that window and everything that Elio has just described. Do you think this looks like a good window? Do you think there were some missed opportunities there? Having seen all the rumours and all the news stories of the players we've been supposedly chasing and and seeing how it supposedly ended up, how are you looking at this trans window and the players that we've brought in and players we've taken out? I agree with Elio. I think there's been some clever business, which you would always expect with Levy, to be honest. We're not a stupid club when it comes to money. Okay, we don't always make the best signings, but we're not Everton, so I don't panic when we come into these, <laughs> these transfer windows. I think the two players we brought in, Paratici contacts back at Juve, but have obviously got us a couple of players that are surplus to, to requirement over there. So that's great that we can dip into a club with you know the resources Juve have and, and pinch players they don't want. I'm not going to complain mm. with that strategy. Complicated arrangements that I mean you know Kulusevsky's an interesting what what was it Elio 18 month loan but we've got to buy the loan for 8 million then it might turn into a 29 million mm. transfer but you know <laughs> no, we, it's a funny one it's like a it's mm. like a sort of transfer light space we've sort of half bought him this is the modern game though isn't it this is how transfers seem to work these days it's becoming more and more common especially where we're concerned yeah exactly um but I, I think I'm more focused on who's out because I'm really pleased like Elio and Dombele's, okay, he's not permanently going here, but you would assume it would mm. be to him staying in France, where I suspect he'll be, you know, we, we texted earlier about this. I, I have a feeling he'll do very well at Lyon. I think that's probably a very good club for him. And, and you'll see the player that we never got, much to our annoyance. Mm. I feel a bit bad saying this, but I, re- I really hope Delhi goes. I just don't think he's he's good for the dressing room. I don't think he's good for the club. You know, the salary would be nice to get rid of as well. I just think we're getting rid of players that we, we really don't need. The, the only thing mm. I'm I'm disappointed about, and again, maybe maybe a lot of this was just fairly groundless, but uh, Adama Traore not happening is a bit of a shame because I got really sold on the idea of him coming in as a wing back. Mm. It probably was never really that realistic, and just the the press trying to really stir it up. Barca probably makes more sense for him personally, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay, but sort of indifferent, I guess. I think yeah, it was obviously the Odama thing and then the DS thing as well. And there were a couple of transfers there. But do you think there's ever a case of it's almost impossible to live up to your expectations with a transfer window for the average fan? Because there's so much rubbish 
in the papers. There's so many tweets, so many rumors, and every transfer window is the same. We get linked to players that are more often than not out of our league and then end up signing players who are in our league. And to the average observer, it seems like a letdown. Do you think there's anything to be said about that? I think there there is. I think that probably sums up all transfer windows, but especially January transfer windows really, really well. Um, the thing is about January is that it's a horrible market to shop in because buying a top player from a club beneath you is difficult because they lose that player. How are they going to replace them? Will they spiral towards relegation? Buying a reserve from a better club than you, like uh, we've sort of seemingly done with Kluzevsky, for instance. People say, well, he can't play for them. Why is he good enough for you? But the truth of the matter is that if you can improve the squads even a little bit by the end of that window, that's all that matters. And it's... We've got rid of three very highly salaried players, um, one of whom is our joint highest earner in Ndombele, and Delhi in sort of the top three or four, and Lacelso easily in the top ten. We've got rid of three very highly salaried players. Between them have contributed very few goals, very few assists, and very few minutes on the pitch in the past two and a half years that they've all been there. Their combined total would be embarrassing for one player over a two and a half year (laughs) stretch when you're meant to be a creative attacking outlet, never mind spread across the three of them. So by doing that and actually bringing in players that one of whom has won Serie A Young Player of the Year a couple of years ago for not one of the best sides in Serie A in Parma, which is always a good feat. Ten goals and nine assists or the other way around, potentially, uh, for a mid to lower table club in a league dominated by three or four sides is a really, really great thing. You could compare it, I guess, to someone like... um, Calvin Phillip compare it to sort of players like that tearing it up in this league despite not mm. playing for United or Chelsea or Liverpool or anything like that. So then or Ginola in ninety nine. Ginola in ninety nine, precisely. So mm. that that says really good things about him as a player. And he was at Juventus in an eighteen months where Juventus were all over the place, but they made a huge mistake of appointing Pirlo as manager, uh, which apparently has some really lovely ideas, but was a bit of a Chelsea Lampard equivalent yeah. essentially. Uh, I'm sure Dave will say something about Lampard to Everton later yeah. at some point too. <laughs> On the agenda, yeah. You've brought in Bentancourt, who has spent the last four years in Juve's first team, averaging 40 appearances a season, playing in the Champions League, winning titles, mm. playing for Uruguay. He's still only 24. He was one of the stars of a Uruguay side that won a youth championship while he was a first teamer at Boca Juniors, who are notoriously good talent spotters and developers. So, yeah. so just because Juventus weren't sort of thrilled with him anymore... So we're, we're talking about a club that didn't really rate Cancelo and uh, Alexis Sanchez once upon a time as well. So, <laughs> Fingers crossed, yeah. so let's not uh, be too worried that we're getting their perceived cast-offs. I'm going to want to get your opinion on those players in a bit more detail and what kinds of players they are in just a moment. But before we do, I want, I want to talk about the players who are going out. Now, you said last week that you wouldn't shed a tear if we've seen the last time Ndombele was on the Spurs shirt. And we, you may well have got your wish. He might be on the hmm. way out. I think probably similar, fairly similar sentiment when it comes to La Celso, not going to be greatly missed with, with respect to him. But Delhi is an interesting one. I want to get your thoughts on Delhi because obviously he's been with us a long time and we've talked to death about the good days. And, and I just want to get your opinion on just his legacy is a strong word, but how you will look back on Delhi. Say it's 10 years, 15 years time. Let's say you've got a kid and you're going to Spurs and your kid turns to you and says, Dad, what's Delhi Ali like as a Spurs player? What are you going to tell him? I'm going to tell him that for for a good um, chunk of time, he was one of the best players in the country. And Mm. 
that's all I'll need to tell him. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, he's had a poor two, two and a half years. But before that, he had a great three, three and a half years. The fact that it's ending in a slightly bittersweet way doesn't detract from that. I mean, by the time Delhi was 21 years old, he'd been part of a Spurs side that got to play regularly in the Champions League for the first time in all of our lifetimes. Yeah. He was, I think, the top goal scorer by that age with that amount of appearances in Premier League history, certainly out of midfield, as he got to the 50 goal mark far quicker than any of Beckham, Lampard, Gerrard, Skulls. So mm. so he, and making goals as well, he had this telepathy with Ericsson and Kane. So he did some wonderful things and he, he played with flair and with aggression and passion. He That goal that you love so much against Crystal Palace. <laughs> the best Spurs goal ever, you mean? <laughs> the straight volleys off of the pinged balls from Alderweireld uh, against Everton, I think it was. The headers against Chelsea to beat them. The, he, so many good memories into time with Deli mm. Ali. The flick round the corner for Lucas Moura to put us into the Champions League final in the 95th minute of that uh, semi in Amsterdam. I mean, Delhi is intertwined with almost all yeah. our best moments in the last sort of half a decade. And the fact that it, it's gone a bit Pete Tong for him does not detract from that. I did, mm. I think you'll remember me saying, I don't know if it was on the podcast or in our WhatsApp group, but I did say that if Delhi swat his contract for the next two and a half years didn't play or did play but played badly and left on a free, I would still yeah. say that we absolutely won with Deli Ali. We bought this kid for five million. Mm. Five million. Bear in mind that Pogba hasn't done a tenth for United what Delhi's done for us and he cost yeah. them 90 million and he's meant to be one of the most talented midfielders of a generation and he came as an experienced France international. Mm. Five million we got for Delhi and there's very little he could do to detract from what he has done in my opinion so you wish him well but not too well wherever he goes as long as i wish him very well <laughs> i want delhi to yeah. get his spark back i want him to get back in the england, england team. team i want i want to look on and think why couldn't that have been for us because even though i'll be sad that it wasn't for us i like delhi ali i i love the memories he's given yeah. me and he seems like a good kid as well. All right, a bit too much time on Snapchat and on Twitch and all that looks, <laughs> but he seems like a good yeah. kid. And you know what? He's not the first young player to lose his way and he won't be the last, but mm. I can't sort of get past all the, the good moments we had yeah. with him. So so I want him to to use this to get back to his best. Dave, is Deli Ali going to thrive under Frank Lampard now? I know you're a big Frank Lampard fan. <laughs> Deli Ali, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think... He's still it's relatively him, young. He's got pedigree. He could absolutely do a job. I think Elio's mm. right. He just needs to refine that spark. It's just for some reason it's gone and, and he needs to find it again. And the move's probably a good one for him. He will definitely outlast Lampard. Uh, so <laughs> um, hopefully the next manager he gets will be half decent. Um, yep. Well, a manager would be a start, I guess. But yeah, I, I think he'll do all right. I mean, I, yep. I think he's, he's not particularly coming into a team that's going to allow him to just play wonderful football straight off. I think they need to they need mm. to find a bit of, dare I say, it, a bit of backbone and a bit of stability uh, and then push on. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that he's going to turn into a superstar overnight, but I put any money on the fact that he scores a couple of goals against Leeds in two weeks' time because 
that's just so blur, isn't it? After I've just said that Frank Lampard's a waste of space. <laughs> yeah, you'll only have yourself to blame for that one, Dave. Uh, well, unless anyone has anything in depth to mention on the Salsa or in Dombele, I think we've, we've talked plenty about both of those and their shortcomings. But obviously, I want to talk about some of the, the incomings and the two players that we've brought in. Joe, Dave, I know we've all talked about how little Serie A we've all watched over the last few years, going back to the Football Italia days, but... Do you know very much beyond a quick YouTube compilation perusal of uh, either Kulisevsk or Bentanka? Any comments before we let Elio take the take centre stage again? I've already filled my words quota. I'm shutting up until challenge Elio. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to bring the others in, but yeah, I, I, Bentanka is a more familiar name, I think, to, to most football fans in this country because of Juventus. You know, and as Elio said, he's played more regularly. I am quite excited about him because he clearly seems to be a player we're going to need in that that sort of central midfield role. Mm. And I've heard him described as uh, like an order taker, which, you know, is exactly Mm. Conte's kind of player. I'll I'll let Elio expand on this, but out of the two, I I know way more about him, which isn't that much, Mm. than I do um, Kulosevsky. And uh, that feels like a really sensible signing for, for a good price. Have you watched any YouTube highlight reels of either? That's the real question. Well, yes, obviously. Of course. Of course. But, but, but it, it is difficult. <laughs> it is difficult based on six minute highlight videos with some dubstep playing to really you know, <laughs> know exactly what you're going to get for the next few it's years. It's never good music, is it? Never. Without a fail, it's terrible. Dave, do you know anything about these two signings or shall we hand the reins back over to Elio? Not an awful lot. Anything no. to add? No, I remember that Kulisevsky no? got, got COVID during the Euros. I remember that. That's good info, Dave. Well prepared. And Bentancur, we promised Elio we wouldn't do an FM deep dive, but I did sign him <laughs> on FM a few years ago and he was Don't listen to Elio. excellent. So yeah, I played him in a kind of controlling deep line playmaker role and he was very good. Lovely. Well, I've heard him described as the Uruguayan Pirlo. So well, that would mean that I played him in the right position. <laughs> <laughs> it would, which yeah, doesn't surprise me at all, Dave. I don't think Elio's giving enough credits to FM scouts. Yeah, I was going to say, don't assume that I play people in the right position. Do you remember Anderson? The Man United player? Yeah, yeah, Brazilian. Oh, yeah. I played yeah, him as a number 10 for like 10 years. <laughs> it was crap. You're a visionary, Dave. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Pressing from the front, you were you were the Bielsa of your time. <laughs> Apart from Bielsa, obviously. Yeah. Where, where would you play Benton Kerr and Kulisevsky? What do you know about those two? I know as much as anyone else in here. Oh, too I modest. what uh, statistics and YouTube have been showing me. Kulisevsky, I probably know a touch more about, but Benton Kerr, he, he's a familiarish name without having ever seen much of him but mm. reading up on him and sort of seeing what avid Serie A watchers what South American experts have to say he, he seems like a combative player he seems like a fairly nimble a fairly agile player despite being a fairly sort of big guy as well which I like the sound of that there's a bit of Michael Carrick about that almost mm. and he's very high on a lot of sort of stats that you want to see in sort of that deep lying midfielder he's got good ball progression he's got good interceptions he wins his duel so so there's a lot to like about him i think with benton the worry a lot of spurs fans have is he's not that creative midfielder that uh, a lot of us myself included as you know have said we want but to tell you the truth Conte won the league with Chelsea playing a Kante Matic central midfield and uh, with Inter playing Badella and Brozovic. So 
creativity from the center of the park isn't really his bag anyway. He likes it from the flanks. He likes it from the final third. He, he likes midfielders to be hard runners first and foremost. I think the compilations I've watched and I've probably found about a couple of hours worth of a couple of hours varied footage and not just the same things in the same videos all over over and over and over again i think the footage i've seen there's a lot of harry winks about him but i don't mean mm. that in necessarily a bad way because it's almost like a somewhat better version of more like the player we wish winks would be in that yeah. he is quite press resistant he is a very sort of adept passer um in terms of short passes not so much in long passes i've noticed he can sort of fight for the ball and combat for it but he seems to do that a lot more effectively and uh, I, I think he'll be a good addition. Kulusevski I actually have a bit more knowledge on just because there was a bit of hype of around him going into the last Euros mm. and then his Euros never really got off the ground and it was a bit disappointing wasn't it? Didn't play. Ibrahimovic heavily heavily criticised Sweden for not picking him actually and Ronaldo has earlier on this season spoken fondly of how he'd love Kulusevski at United or words to that effect as well so I mean I'm sure they know a hell of a lot more than we do about what they want in a creative player but that is what he is he's not Luis Diaz who sadly chose Liverpool over us understandably yep. chose Liverpool of course over yep. us he's not slow a lot of people seem to think he's slow and we're getting some kind of a tortoise he really isn't he's just not rapid I mean mm. I'd still put him faster than a lot of the players starting for us at the moment including all of the ones that we've just shipped out definitely faster than Harry um <laughs> he, he's just not a son or a Lucas but he, he's yeah. got enough pace for the position but what he is is He's a passer and he can see a pass. He can thread a pass through. He's got a very nice cross. Even though he's a strong left footer, he can hit it with his right as well. He can actually accelerate and run with the ball fairly effectively as well. And because he's a strong guy, even though he's not sort of a huge skill moves type dribbler, he he can hold people off and actually keep possession and uh, charge into the area. And mm. when he does have chances to finish, he does finish composed. That's the main word I'd use for him from everything I've seen about him in clips. He looks just composed. And if you watch a highlight of his sort of breakout year with Palmer before he went to Juventus permanently, he just looks so, so calm in absolutely everything he does. Now, he's lost his way in the last 18 months a little bit. 21-year-olds mm -hmm. going to play at the Stadio Delhi Alpi for one of the biggest clubs in the world, but they're going through a period of transition. It happens. I mean, yeah, he's still 21 years old. He was 19 and a half, 20 when they got him, and there's no reason to think that that player that they signed isn't there. It just wasn't the right environment for him. Who knows? Yeah. There may well be Everton fans saying that about Delhi and VRL fans saying <laughs> that about say, yeah. Lo Celso right now as well. Mm. Leon probably just wondering why they were expecting to see Ndombele come back and instead they see this yeah, rather chubby KFC grease covered <laughs> slightly cockney accent to Tongi. Elio, I swear no more than two episodes ago you said you were going to cut back on your fat shaming and look at you. Look at you, you're setting your ways. You'll never change. Um, with Kulusevski, is, is there a player that perhaps we're more familiar with to whom you would compare him? Maybe one of our players or a player in the Premier League? Putting on the spot a bit here, but from having watched some highlights, is there someone that you, you say he looks similar to? I think it could go one of two ways, um, but neither would be bad okay. if he's a success. So one yeah. of two ways in a successful way. Could be a bit of a gilfy. 
a bit of a guilty Sigurdsson in that he's a player that, uh, because he's not quite at Premier League pace, when he gets the ball does good things, but maybe yep. you'd like him to get the ball a bit more. However, he does put in a lot of yards and he does seem to play this bit of a hybrid number 10 to the right of the forward, but at the same time, a bit of a number eight at the same time role in mm. all his sort of best moments. It's kind of half number eight, half number 10, and somewhere in there an amalgamation of number seven as well, I guess. Yeah. And I'm hearing Lionel Messi so far, but continue. And Christian Eriksen, I was going for more. Mm. When Eriksen played in a 3-4-3 with us under Pochettino, mm. he played to the right of Kane, very normally as a very narrow to the right, playing those passes in for Delhi to run onto. Son now does that role for us, linking up nicely with Kane, but also putting the yards in to help the midfields behind him. He kind of played both roles in one, and... That's what all of Kulusevski's best moments look like to me. But this is a very untrained eye on a player that I've only seen in highlights and on write-ups. So I wouldn't say that as gospel if he turns out looking more like the love child of Clint Dempsey and Danny Rose in a few weeks' time. <laughs> so taking it back to Bentenko for a minute, I've, I've got some stats here that you'll be interested to hear. And you'll be, you'll be pleased to hear that a lot of them line up quite nicely with your assessment and your summary of him as a player. And this is courtesy of FB Ref, which is a really good stats site. I recommend checking out. And this has been shared by Spursy Stats on Twitter. And I'm having a look through now. And what this actually does is it gives you stats in the format of where they sit in a percentile compared with similar playing positions in their league. Mm. So when you're comparing him to other Serie A midfielders here, We've got in the 92nd percentile for passes completed. We've got 92nd percentile for short passes completed. And then we've got 94th percentile for assists per 90. We've got 86th percentile for key passes. And then this one you'll like, Elio, passes under pressure actually in the 95th percentile. So you mentioned earlier, great sort of player to break the press and to you know, resist that pressure and play progressive passes forward. On top of that, we've actually got passes into the final third. He's sitting in the 86th percentile. So I know you're not the biggest fan of stats, but they do count for something. And that certainly paints a picture of exactly the kind of player that we need, doesn't it? It, it absolutely does. Um, like I said, it's the sort of player that we've wanted wanted and wanted Harry Winks to be. Mm. Listen, this guy isn't going to be Musa Dembele. This guy isn't going to be Luka Modric. But I don't think Conte uses Dembele's and Modric's particularly anyway. So mm. if what this guy gives us is less pressure on our defence and getting at the opposition's defence a little bit quicker, then that's a massive improvement in our midfield. So, so let's hope these stats translate to the Premier League. Fingers crossed. Joe, did you like those stats? Does that make for good reading? I thought it was really nice. Uh, yeah, nice website you've obviously been to i thought for a second when you started introducing it you were going to say um who the percentiles most resembled to other players in Serie. Oh, that, that would be interesting that, there probably that is would a be amazing like i'm just scratching the surface joe maybe next week yeah maybe next week you know but uh, no, like, no, like, like on football the, manager yeah you know you can look for similar players based on their attributes but I love I love the passing under pressure stat. That sounds like mm. uh, yeah something we could do with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, especially against some of the the teams that we come up against in the league. So in terms of the two players coming in, then Dave, what what do you think this will do for Spurs' shape? Describe based on what Elio's just described, based on the types of players that these two appear to be. What do you think Spurs will look like going to the rest of the season? Assuming these are first teamers, who's going to be most likely to be coming out of the team? Who do you think is a threat? Who do you think is most likely to have to step up their game to compete for positions in the first team based on all of that? Good question. Um, 
I think I think Ben Tancor is a nailed on starter. I think he uh, essentially replaces the, the shades of doubt that were what the best possible midfield could be. And I think he probably yeah. walks into that midfield maybe alongside Skip as the mm. uh, as a kind of not double pivot, double pivot, or whatever we're calling it. I think Kulusevski might have to wait a bit. I think he's probably going to have to wait for a drop in form if it happens for Mora to get a starting place. I think I think mm. the likelihood is that uh, he will provide some firepower off the bench. So I, you know, I don't think there'll be that much of a change. I mean, the fact that you've essentially lost four midfielders um, or let four midfielders go um, shows that the gap or the over indulgence was in midfield, and you've just brought in one which is seemingly quality and. Uh, certainly with the potential to be better than all those four. So it makes sense that he becomes an automatic starter. It makes sense that the people that were starting, because none of these guys were starting, one of those makes way, could be Hoibier. I think, Mm. you know, we've talked about him a lot in the sense that he's not necessarily a Conte man, and that could be the case. Also, which I know you didn't mean when you said what will change to the shape, but these two are quite tall lads. I think they're six foot one and six Mm. foot two, so they'll bring presence as well to the team which i think is a is a good thing because you know harry winks is what 510 and he looks 510 when he's on the pitch <laughs> uh whereas these guys could could potentially bring a bit of presence which might yeah. bring a bit more of a uh maybe a bit of a fear factor and on that point i think benson goes a corner taker as well speaking of set pieces well let me just check the fm stats <laughs> i'd rather he was a direct free kick taker if i'm honest because we need one of those well that's kulazewski free kick taking 12 Elio, Dave raised an interesting point there. Do you see Kulisevsky coming straight into the first team? I mean, I know it's not necessarily about that. It just gives us options, gives us depth, and it's nice to have that dilemma and obviously gives us a chance to pick on form and to rotate a bit. But do you think he's going to play more games than he would? Absolutely. I mean, I think the reason we've hedged our bets with the 18-month loan with the option slash obligation dependent on circumstance with Kulisevsky is because we want to test the water first. We've found this guy outright because... We've identified him as someone that immediately improves us. It may be even a case that Conte himself thought Bentoncourt immediately improves us, whereas he was like, Fabio, let's try Kulisevsky before I commit to him because my job depends on winning games uh so you never know i mean i'm gonna i'm just getting up our fixtures for and we've got them coming thick and fast in the next month i believe as well so we've got five games in february finishing off with leeds and then another four in march if we get knocked out of the fa cup Mm. i'll be very surprised if by the end of february benton core hasn't started two or three matches for us and i think that will will improve us as a result and i think it'll improve us very quickly i also think the fact that we've got these guys in together and at least they know each other and they're both coming from Juve and they're going to have some kind of awareness. I don't know if they were best buds, but they've had some mm. kind of awareness of one another over the past 18 months uh, will be really, really good for them because it means they've at least got familiarity with someone in the squad because there's they've, yeah. there's also Romero who was at Juventus before they loaned him to Atalanta as well. So, so there's a few people there that uh, might actually help each other out in the settling process as well mm. because don't forget he's brand new too. And I don't think that's entirely by accident either. Well, speaking of Conte, how close do you think this is to his idea of the transfer window he wanted? Do you think these are both players that he specifically wanted? Do you think this was more Paratici? Do you think these were kind of secondary targets as a lot of people are suggesting or do you think these are very much players that he wanted at the club i think we really really wanted to get traore for right wing back yep we didn't i don't think there was 
an apparent suitable alternative to him for us to go for who would have been available, who would have been a right kind of price, who would have wanted to come to us, etc., etc. And to be clear, Kulusevsky's not been brought in for that role. Oh, absolutely not. not So uh, I'll be very surprised anyway. So I I do think that Conte is wise enough to know that if you can improve in January, you've done well, even if it's only by a little bit. I think the summer will be the one where we ask the question, is Conte happy with that or not? I think the important thing for Conte here is that he will feel like he's been backed because he's seen us bring in two players that he can use and he's seen us get rid of four players, well, three, because Hill did actually get the odd minute here and there. He's seen us ship out three players that he didn't want and wasn't using and at something of a financial loss potentially in all three cases as well. So so I think he'll feel backed and I think, I think that's as big as the signings that we've brought in. Joe, do you want to hear some more stats about Kudasevsky? From FBRF, my new favorite website. <laughs> yes. You like these, okay? Get ready. So, compared with other forwards in Serie A, he is in the 82nd percentile for assists, and he is in the 95th percentile for expected assists. He is in the 90th for shot creating actions. And then this is where it gets really interesting. So, 91st percentile for progressive carries. And then this is a bit of an insight into the type of player he might be actually so he's in the 99th percentile for pressures among forwards in the 99th percentile for tackles among forwards 98th for interceptions and 95th for blocks so it sounds like we've got a defender playing up front is so is that from this season i believe so you know it says the last 365 days actually so some of last season as well so and, and how, how much has he played though because is this, is this based on a small sample this might be one really good game that's yeah. This is why I need cons- <laughs> these these numbers sound so. He came good on that- for ten minutes and hounded yeah. the defenders. No, that's, I mean, that's I, think I think he's played a fair amount. He's not been sort of in team first name on the team sheet, but he's played enough of these stats to mean something. I think, but it's not something that I was aware of, and this is news to me that he certainly seems to be quite a pressing forward, which could be quite an interesting dynamic to add to the team. Well, take some of the workload off of our whoever's our double pivot. It's going to be great to have someone further up the pitch pressuring as well, because yeah. you're not going to get you know Kane. Kane always works hard, but he's not you know you wouldn't say that he's he's not for me world class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do you think Ndombele would have been in these measures? <laughs> what percentile is he in for pressures or uh, interceptions? <laughs> is he pressing to the front of the queue at McDonald's? <laughs> you, you've, you've just given up on this no fat shaming thing now earlier, you? you've just gone, gone full out and just, just he deserves it. it he's the biggest waste of space to ever don a Spurs shirt by a country mile so in Actually, 10 years that... when your kid's asking you about Tongi and Dombele is that what you'll tell them yes Yes, that, that yes. could be a good. That could be a good quiz. Actually, we might. That, we should come back to that in a future episode. Who's the biggest waste of space at Spurs? <laughs> well, if we had more time, we, we've got a lot to get through today. But I was actually going to suggest we talked about our top five best and worst signings, and maybe that's one for the future. But do you think Andombele goes down as our worst ever signing? Why not? He's in the conversation, right? <laughs> it's our record signing, to be fair. <laughs> Um, well, look, I mean, I'm conscious we've got quite a lot to talk about. We have three games to look forward to in theory. So we're going to talk about those in a bit of detail in a minute. But is there anything else anyone wanted to touch on in terms of the window, in terms of the outgoings? We haven't really talked too much about Ndombele or Lasso. And um, of course, there's Brian Hill as well, who's going to get hopefully a bit more game time. But is there anything else that anyone wanted to add before we turn our attention to the upcoming games? I guess the only other thing you might throw in is have our rivals for the top four spots signed anyone that would concern us i mean mm. i would say no because i don't we're not competing with liverpool 
to get in the top four. They're going to come second. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like Chelsea United have, have done much of anything. I think they or, all did you know, their business in the summer, didn't they? Most of these teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't see anyone around us has strengthened massively. None of them have strengthened at all, actually. I don't think there's a single signing between Arsenal and United and Chelsea to speak of. Speaking of our rivals and transfers, I think we need to talk about the Aubameyang situation because this is quite hilarious. <laughs> Elio, can you tell us what's going on or what was reportedly just going on with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and how you described it to us earlier? This, this is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. In fact, I can't remember my exact words, but essentially an upmarket Odin Wingy. Um, <laughs> he... <laughs> Arsenal hadn't accepted a bid Barcelona hadn't uh, given him the green flag and yet he ended up in Barcelona to camp outside um, the camp now waiting for for them to cave and buy him eventually gave up turned around to to fly back home to London where he would grovel to Arteta to to not make him train for the next six months and I may be embellishing a little bit here but as he's uh, just hopping onto the plane his luggage is already in stow uh, he gets the call Barcelona have come to an agreement with Arsenal you can sign for them so um, yeah uh, slightly elaborate version but you might have to explain the Odenwengi situation to some of the listeners who might not know yeah, that, this. Yeah, that might not be common knowledge. Because it is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Odenwengi, once upon a time, camped outside on transfer deadline day, the training ground of, I think, potentially West Bromwich Albion, or was it West Brom that he was trying to leave? Was that um, West Brom? He was at West Brom, actually. Yeah, I think Why it was QPR. QPR. Um, when they were flushed with catch. Yeah, just waiting for them to transfer. And I think uh, Redknapp was manager <laughs> at QPR at the time. And he kind of got asked about it. He was like, what the hell's going on here? This has nothing to do with me. So, yeah, it was all all quite funny. And he eventually just got banished to the obscure death knell of footballers' careers that is Cardiff City. You kind of got to admire the balls for doing something like that, though, haven't you? It's almost like when you see these grads in Liverpool Street just standing outside handing out CVs because they're so desperate for a job. I wonder if he was handing out DVDs of his goals highlight reel on YouTube. Didn't uh, Michael Owen do something like that? Did he, make a bro- <laughs> he made a brochure about himself, didn't he? The Man United signed him. <laughs> was it just the goal against Argentina played on a loop? <laughs> and then when he showed up without hamstrings, they wondered what had happened. Dave, what's your take on well, all of this? I just think it's a fascinating spiral into madness that you know every transfer there's a player a selling club there's a buying club and there's a player yeah. yet trust arsenal and I, you know i i don't hate them as much as you do but trust them to be a team that you know have such a prized asset in Aubameyang and it's gone so bad that they're willing to just put their hands up and say you guys try and sort out a deal and let us know if we get any money out of it <laughs> it's ridiculous like they're basically just keeping their fingers crossed that they can sell him and not pay him 25 million quid over the next two and a half years or whatever it is, which is just so Unbelievable. bad. So terrible business. I also just noticed that Peter Odenwingy did actually wind up Aubameyang with a tweet oh, saying, he? am I passing the award on? Because he's got a little, <laughs> a little uh, award for doing the drive to the training ground, which is hilarious. Love it. Um, my Twitter feed has just reminded me of somebody we've not spoken about, which is Christian Eriksen. Of course. Oh, yes. Yeah, good shout. Um, I don't yeah. know what people think about that, that set up. For Brentford, with a couple of uh, his compatriots there. 
And good for them, right? I mean, that's a hell of a signing. Yeah, I think that's that's really nice. It's a signing that they would never make if Christian Eriksen hadn't gone through what he went through this mm. year. Uh, listen, if it works out and um, everything goes well medically and he also reignites his career and plays really, really well for them, keeps them up, scores a bunch of goals, whatever, no one will be happier for Ericsson then I think of him the same way I think of Deli Ali, probably even more fondly to tell you the truth. He he yeah. was such a wonderful player for us. However, I am so glad it wasn't us and I won't have to absolutely shit myself that something horrible is gonna happen every time I watch him play because oh, silly boy, you're richer than gods, you've got mm. a beautiful young family, you've represented your country at the highest level and you've you played in the European Champions League final you've um, yeah won Serie A you've got nothing to prove to anyone just retire on your big pile of money and enjoy a very wonderful life you're a smart guy yeah. you'll be a pundit somewhere like I just it's a difficult one isn't it I'm not I'm not happy about it I just I'm sure this is completely unfounded and everything will be fine i I'm sure if doctors didn't absolutely sign it off and footballers have better mm. doctors than, well, football clubs have better doctors than us mere mortals have access to, as we know. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Yeah. So I'm sure it's completely unfounded, but I just, I can't understand the risk involved. Is, mm. is it that bigger part of your life that you're going to risk your life? I don't know. We don't know unless we're in a position, do we? And it's not really our place to tell him what to do with his life, but I imagine it's hard to turn your back on football, especially when, it's not your time and you could have five, six years to go. And if someone says you can play, I'm not a doctor, but I imagine, you know, he's got an inbuilt defibrillator, has he now? So you'd like to think that relatively speaking, he's safe. I guess my question is just how fit is he? Is he played enough? Is he going to come back and hit the ground running? Because if he does, if he's anywhere near to what we've seen at Inter or at Spurs, I mean, Brentford could be, uh, he wants to watch out for. I think I might be looking up his price in FPL, put it that way. Um, but uh, we obviously wish him the best. And now we're going to have Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen playing for other teams in the Premier League. Now we just need Moussa Dembele to go and sign for one of our rivals and uh, and it's complete. Well, look, let, let's move on. Let's talk about the upcoming games. And we've got a few. Our next game, of course, is in the FA Cup. We've actually got three home games coming up next. So a lot of driving for you, Elio. I bet you're looking forward to that. Uh, our next game is at home against Brighton in the FA Cup. I've said it before. Team we should beat. Oh, Brighton are a good side. <laughs> I know. That is disrespectful. Brighton are a good side. We do beat good sides from time to time, though, Elio. Potter has them playing some really nice, slick football, really nice kind of... Uh, entertaining style. They seem a really well-knit group as well. A few really likeable players in the... Um, uh, all right, Mopé's not likeable as a person, but he's a good footballer, even <laughs> if he can't score for Toffee. Trossard's obviously a good player. You can't help but be excited if he can stay fit by Tarek Lamptey as well. I mean, there, there's a lot of upsides to them. But yeah, I, I won't be happy if we don't win at home to Brighton in the FA Cup. Were you slightly disappointed we didn't make a move for Tarek Lamptey? Because I heard a lot of noise about that. 15 million for... A couple of seasons at this level, most of which have been spent on the treatment table. We've just given the physios a break by getting La Celso out of the club and Lamella in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Let's not pay for the privilege of having to up their salaries too. If he can stay fit for a couple of years, then, well, then we'll probably have Mr. Boat and he'll end up at Manchester United or something. But we can't spend that kind of money on someone that we may not be able to use as much as we like. We need to learn our lessons with these things. Dave, Spurs next three games. Brighton the FA Cup at home, Southampton at home, Wolves at home. How many, well, I was going to say points, but are we going to win all three of those games? Yeah. Are there any banana skins there? No. 
<laughs> you always think we're going to win. I'm nervous when you think we're going to win, Dave, because it well, always backfires. I think you're doing it on Brighton purpose. Brighton at home now. is an incredible opportunity to progress to the next round of the FA Cup. Southampton at home is a game that you should be winning because, you know, yeah, you drew one all with them at St. Mary's, but, but you know, at home, you should be better than them. You should beat them. Mm. I mean, they've got some decent players. Drew with you, thanks to a James Ward-Prowse. It wasn't a Thunder Bastard, but it was a, it was a good finish. No, he has too much finesse to be Thunder Yeah, Bastard. it was a, yeah, I don't know what a finesse Thunder Bastard is, but we'll work it out. I'll come up with that next week. <laughs> Please do. And then and then Wolves at home, um, decent team, playing well, but if, if you had to put a gun to my head, I'd have to say that you win those three mm. games. Wolves without Traore as well, most likely, as things stand. Is that is that confirmed now? Has he gone yeah, to that's Barcelona? all confirmed. I think, um, yeah, Wolves are doing well, and the more important players are in the middle of the park in terms of uh, Neves and, and Moutinho. Mm. So I, I don't think, you know, that's, it's big, much, of a, much of a muchness that Traore is not in that team and in that squad. Um, but you look at your squad and it's better. So, yeah, I... I yeah. If I were you, I would be disappointed if I wasn't still in the FA Cup and six points better off by the end of those three games. Joseph, do you concur? Yeah, I, I concur. I think my only warning about Wolves is I didn't realise that they've won four of their last five games and this is a six-pointer. So, you know, I think I think Dave's right. We, we should be favourites. But uh, even without Traore, who's kind of done nothing for them for a long time now, uh, they're in good form. So let's just not forget that. Mm. Three good fixtures coming up. So, Elio, Joe and Dave have both said confidently that we're going to win our next three games. How do you feel about that? You know I don't make predictions. <laughs> That's what you're here for. It's your job. We should win our next three games, but I mm. I always have full faith in Spurs to be Spurs. Yeah. If we play as we know we can, if our A-game players bring it, then, then yeah, we, we will win those games, but... Like I always say, football's not played on paper. So, and these aren't any pushovers. Wolves, like they've mentioned, two great players there in Wolves and Matinho. Jimenez is picking up some form. Podence is looking like a, a good player all the time. Like there are players to be fearful of. Carl Walker Peters for Southampton may channel his inner Maradona and run the pitch and score against us. Who knows what could happen? I wouldn't bet against that. Now you said that to be fair as well. So we will see. Well, got a few few interesting games to come up. Not least of all because, of course, we'll have hopefully a few of our new signings or well, a couple of our new signings, I should say, bedding in and getting some game time too. Uh, as always, we would love to hear from all of you listening. And uh, let me take this opportunity once again to thank everyone who tunes in every week. Always good to see those numbers popping up, uh, and always great to see people tuning in from, frankly, all over the world, which is absolutely mind blowing. So keep those international listens coming in. If you have any thoughts on our transfer window as a whole, obviously we would like to hear from you and uh, try and be nice. There's a lot of doom and gloom on Twitter, but you know we, we don't want you to lie. But if, if you've got any feelings on the players we've brought in, the players we've sent out, any that you would have rather seen go, any that you'd rather see come in, let us know. Always keen to hear from all of our listeners, so please get in touch on social media. Our accounts on both Twitter and Instagram are at PlusDavePodcast, and our email address is PlusDavePodcast at gmail.com. Right, guys, next on the agenda, we have a little bit of a surprise for you. We're going to be shaking things up, and I can see Elio grinning already in anticipation of this next round. Now, regular listeners will know, this is the point of the show where we normally do Challenge Elio. Challenge Elio is the trivia portion of our podcast, and we end every round with it. Every week, we do a Challenge Elio where I put questions out to the team, and it takes the format of Elio versus everybody else and see if everyone can take on our in-house Spurs experts and football experts. This week, we're changing things up a little bit. This week, 
instead of challenge Elio, we have Elio challenges back. Elio, how excited are you about giving us the questions this week? I'm quite excited. I, I think I think I've been fairly kind with the questions I've prepared. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with. Uh, it's going to be a team format. It's going to be you and today's producer Petros up against Joe and Dave. So I, I'm looking forward to ranking you all in order of best to worst Spurs fan at the end of this. I know who my money's on. May I take this opportunity to remind everyone that Dave is not a Spurs fan. And I am the host for a reason. <laughs> but uh, also, let's let's introduce our producer, who's been patiently waiting for his big moment, sitting along, listening to us. He's also editing this week, so he's been shaking his head at all the work he's going to have to do. Welcome back. It's been a while. How have you been? Uh, yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Just uh, carrying on listening to podcasts every week. This is this is a Leeds podcast, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah I like think that. so. Are you? Um, have you been keeping up to date with our transfer window? Was this an illuminating experience for you? Well, I hadn't heard about the Obama Yang thing until just now, and that is just like, the... <laughs> good lord! It's pretty wild stuff, isn't it? Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm in the in the WhatsApp chat that we all talk. I get all the news coming in through there and everything, so it's it's pretty easy to keep up to date with most things on what's going on. How regularly do you mute the chat? Usually when I'm working, and that's it. Basically, when I've like got something I need oh. to concentrate on, because otherwise my ADHD will just go out of control. Fair enough. Well, we we forgive you, especially seeing as you're uh, doing so much work to help us this week. Dave, Joe, how are we feeling about? giving this sort of power over to Elio. Are we no- more nervous than usual? Um, I just hope that the questions aren't who scored the most goals in the 1965 season and <laughs> other obscure questions that only Elio would know. And no Elio, normal you... person would know. I'm pretty sure the 65 season was Greaves. Elio, have you calibrated the difficulty? <laughs> Darren Anderson. <laughs> that's that's poor. Probably not that <laughs> <shout>, actually. <laughs> to be fair. Ronnie Rosenthal. Ronnie Rosenthal, Darren Anderson, Sean Longstaff. Those are my answers for every three. We've not right. mentioned Sean Longstaff much recently. We haven't. I nearly threw his name into the mix earlier. I was going to say, do you think Sean Longstaff is quaking in his boots at the impending arrival of Delhi Alley? <laughs> Right, so Elio, without further ado, let me pass the reins over to you and please introduce us to the first ever Elio Challenges Back. Maybe the last ever, let's see. (laughs) We'll see. I've got a bit of a theme today and the theme is the January transfer window and more specifically Spurs in the January transfer window. The January transfer window has only been around since the beginning of this century, in fact, just after. So I think this might actually be good fun because we've made a few good signings and a few bad signings in there and and the questions are generally centred around that. So nice and current, all in recent memory. None of you have any excuses apart from Dave, who probably won't need them. Right. What are the teams, first of all? We need- the teams are you and Petros against okay. Joe and Dave. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a fairly fair teams. It's uh, pitting the two sections of my social life up against each other as well. Two lifelong friends, two right, uh, uni, uni friends, friends, four out of my uh, six lashes from my wedding. So um, I, I think it's a, it's a nice little battle royale. So let's start off with um, question number one, shall we? Which Spurs January signing, after signing for Spurs... Which Spurs January signing has scored the most Premier League goals for us? Are we just shouting out answers or are we going back and forth? Let's let's let Joe and Dave go first. Already the favouritism. This is revenge. <laughs> revenge for every week where I've just given them the edge over you. Have you got anything, Joe? I've got a guess. 
Uh, go on, what's your guess? My guess would be Lucas Mora. The answer is not Lucas Mora. Petros and Dagus? Is anyone jumping out at you? Because I... I, to be honest with you, I don't even remember which ones we signed in general. Hands in the this air. I want different. to see that. You're not typing. I'm not typing anything. My hands are in the air. Uh, I, I, I don't even... I can't remember which players we even signed in January. Any ideas? Anything coming to you? Can I say Tell a name? Can I say a name to you? Because I do have a name idea in my mind. All right, run it by me. and I'll... Robbie Keane. It wasn't a transfer window, was it? Not Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane did sign for us in a January, but yeah. most of the goals he scored for us were in his first stint, and he signed in the summer in his first stint. It's a good guess. Then. I did say after signing for us in my question. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. For a very Sorry. deliberate reason. That, 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 that was why I was trying to go with the wrong Okay, back to you guys. Uh, it's got to be Llorente. <laughs> Is that an official guess? January signing, man. I can't remember who we signed in January. Dave's just grimacing. It's tricky. I honestly can't even think who we signed in January. There's only one I can think of, and it's not him. I, I mean, I'm going to go oh. back to that same transfer window. Defoe, wasn't it? It go was on. Jermaine Defoe. Yes, yeah. gone. <laughs> Very. Jermaine good. Defoe actually signed for I us twice right in January. Yeah. So he added them both up. Robbie Keane and Jermaine Defoe both finished on 91 goals for us, but. Really? Most of Robbie Keane's goals were in his first stint when he signed in the summer. So that's what uh, won it for Defoe and why I phrased the question as I did. So They, they were summer goals. That's a point to team, what should we call you? Petrus and Takis. Team Patrice. I'll Patrice. Work on that. Patrice, yes. Team Patrice. Patrice. Damn it, Patrice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, question one has already told me that you're giving us way too much credit with how much we know, because I don't remember any January signings. So I hope well, questions two and three and beyond are not all January transfer window related. They are. We're going to be in trouble. Fortunately, useless knowledge is actually a specialty of mine. In fact, in fact, it's what my master's degree is in. <laughs> Great. Keep it coming. It's a secret weapon. In January 2009, Harry Redknapp's first transfer window, he joined the club, we had two points from eight games, we were relegation threatened and we needed signings badly. In that January, he brought to the club Cudicini and Wilson Palacios and he brought back Jermaine Defoe and Robbie Keane. A third Spurs player returned that January. Who was that Spurs player? Well, it's got to be um, Choluk or Crant... Uh... Cranchar, surely, but I really can't remember. I'm going to guess Cranchar. It was not. I think I know this. Elio, when you said your wording was interesting, when you said brought back, is this yeah, it's a player we brought back with yeah. us before because I'm pretty sure it's... in Smeech, Preda Crouch? No, 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 no. Who are you going to say? Pascal Chimbonda. You can't just say it was Chimbonda, but I feel like you had two guesses there. Well, no, so... that's, why I was asked, that's why I was asking Smeech for his approval. That's I think you can give him that. that. They can, they can lock guess. in an answer, they can talk. Smeech is so. carrying us. <laughs> yeah, but we always do that. <laughs> I always give you guys a chance to give me a final answer. And I was about to say, sorry, did I say Peter Crouch? I meant Pascal Chimbonda to Smeech, at which point he was going <laughs> to give you the, our official answer. It was Pascal Chimbonda. That is absolutely right. I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed. Like I said, my I knowledge of Spurs like, goes bad once we start playing well. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, these questions all relate to the last was watching us. Before he went <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So this is good for me. <laughs> Petros, you need to come on more often so there's competition for Elio. Mm, yeah. yeah, clearly. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but yeah. Now, third question then. List our three most expensive January signings. And once again, this is starting with Dave and Joe because you guys answered last. I'm going to text you in the meantime to confer. All right. Dave, I'm, 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 I'm not looking these up, okay? I promise. 
You we go with him. your your favourite toys. Put down if we can. Robbie King. No, he's not as much. He's not enough. You didn't you didn't pay enough for him. I don't think you did sign Lucas Moura in in January, didn't you? We did, yes. And he was twenty five million quid, wasn't he? He was. So it's got to be Lucas Moura. Lucas is number one. Well done. And by the way, this is not including any signings from today. If you're tempted to say Ben Tancur, for instance. Mm. Okay. Nice one, Dave. If Lucas, is, if Lucas is number one, then the one I'm thinking of cost more than that. So he presumably wasn't a January transfer. Smeech is currently texting me. Oh, he's texting me no <laughs> in response to the one I just said. <laughs> the one yeah. I just suggested. So uh, all of these are straight up January transfers, not loans that were converted into transfers or okay. anything like that. So, so just to make that clear, straight so up. None January of them were transfers. the bail money; they were all summer. The one, the one you um, you mentioned just now, I guess um, yeah. he was um, he wasn't a January. Sorry, he was. Um, no, that's what I've realised. Yeah, but he's, I was going to say Lascelles. Yeah, because he was he was more, he was more than more mid season. Bruno Fernandes joined in a January window, and there was talk of us going for him at the same time. That's why See, Lascelles joined in the summer, but we did convert it to a transfer in January. <laughs> but that's why I said I'm not including that that kind of okay. transfer in this because I didn't okay. want you to waste to get on that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm kind of striking out here a bit. You're doing really well. Keep keep going. Lucas I mean, is actually number two, high. by the way. I made a mistake. So if... Lucas is number two. Oh, Lucas is number two. That, okay, that yeah. changes things. Lucas is number two. Now there are even more. There's only about five or six know. players that are, more, that are more expensive than Lucas for us, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a fair few. There's Ndombele. Did um, did Ndombele come in January okay. or summer? He was. He was summer. He was summer. All right, I've just sent you another one, Smee. Should we go for this? I don't remember if this was a summer one, but he's. You're gonna have to give an answer, that, guys. That was definitely a summer one. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. Time him out, Elia. Yeah, he might have to. Okay. Um... I need an answer now. Roberto Soldado. No, no, that was a summer one as well. That was the bail. That was the bail summer. It was one of those. So back to Dave and Joe. Kudachini. <laughs> Is that a serious answer? Really, wasn't he? Sure. Surely not. I mean, hmm. I've got nothing else. I can't. I don't know when players were signed on. No, I don't. Fair enough. So was Cudicini right? Cudicini no. <laughs> was a free from Chelsea, so I absolutely not. Well, January transfers go back to 0203. Yeah, it's not going to be anyone from that far back, is it? This is more your era. <laughs> you know, you can just I... talk about it, right? No, we can't. Zelio will take our you answers. You can, you can give a final answer. Yeah, but also we're going to tip you off. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's what I mean. All right, so 25 million is number two, so we're going... Oh, uh, what about what's his name? Not, not uh, central midfielder. He left us recently. How recently? Like summer, he left us. Oh, what about Sissoko? Was that? Was that January? Shout, but I'm, I'm sure we signed him after Euros, though. So that would have been summer as well. Is that your answer? <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Sandro as an alternative. No, nope. we're going for. But what do you reckon, Smeech? Should we go for? Go on then. Put up, yeah. Let's go with Sissoko. Sissoko. Sissoko was a summer. Yeah. So, um, do you guys want me to give clues out? Yeah. I think yes, you know I'd the answer. The okay. <laughs> no, we do. All right. This player has has something very much in common with Lucas Mora. Scored goals in the last minute. It's Dave and Joe's answer. You don't want to help him too much. You just gave them the Stephen answer. Stephen Bigwin. It is Stephen Bigwin. That's absolutely right. 
So that's two off the list, and it's... I said that as a joke! Between Pat <laughs> and Dejo. So he was the most expensive one then, right? Uh, yes, he was 27 million. Can you tell us the transfer fee? Money maybe? well spent. The third one was 15.03 million, according to my source, which is transfermarkets.co.uk. 15 million. I mean, to be fair, that could go back a while because 15 million transfers, they've been around for a bit. Ten a penny, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was the world record in 96, 97. Yeah, Alan Shearer. Remember that we're only going at, back to the first January transfer window, which was in 2003. Yeah. So you don't even have 20 years to play with her. Wait, how much did you say? 15 what? 15 million. 15 point something million. And a, and a January transfer. Yes. Mm. Why do you look like you know the answer? I, I'm not. I'm not sure, and I, I I tried to remember if this was the amount. If it was fifteen or twelve million, do you want to text me it? Robbie Keane. It was Robbie Keane. Oh my oh, god! Well played. I dismissed anyway, Robbie when, Keane. When you planned this, did you think Smeech would get every single question right? Apart from ones that we got right. <laughs> I don't remember that. The one you got right, he gave you. Right. You'll be pleased to know we're on to who am I? Oh, this is the who am I now? Okay. <laughs> This is the who am I now? Smeech, we've got our work cut out now because this is... I don't think I make this quite as fun as you do every week, but uh, here goes. So, I have 10 clues written down. If we go beyond those, I'm going to have to go to Wikipedia. So, once again, Dave and Joe are going first by lottery of having lost the last round. So, Dave and Joe, choose a number. January signing, this is. They're all January signings. Clue number one. This player has played with Moussa Dembele, Aaron Lennon, and Deli Adebola. Deli Adebola. Hmm. Modric. It was not Luca. Mo- Moussa Dembele, Aaron Lennon, and Deli Adebola. We're talking about our Moussa Dembele, right? That's a good yes. question, actually. Yeah, there are three. <laughs> yeah, okay. Go on, Smeech. You can pick and a number. Two of them were very good. Questions, right? Give us a number, Smeech. Five. Number five. His wife played the daughter of a rich biscuit factory owner on television. That's a great clue, by the way. Useless clue, but a great clue. You'd think that this would be where I fall into actual having some knowledge here. but <laughs> yeah, That does actually strike me as the kind of thing you would know, to be fair. Um, all right, let's think. <laughs> Lennon. When, it, when it comes to Michael wags, Browns. I think even, even our sister would know the answer to this more than we would. My shorthand has basically determined that She's, his wife is the daughter of a biscuit factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in about 12 years time, that's going to really confuse you. That's going to really back confuse me. <laughs> Wait, what? He's, Do you want to have a guess? helicopter. <laughs> okay, um, let's just, because it's that, Team that era, let's, let's just go for Jan Vertonghen. It is not Jan Vertonghen. All right, can we have number three? Number three. He has won both the FA Cup and the UEFA Cup. Okay, so it's not who I thought it was going to be then. Oh. So it's not Elliot. Not being pretentious, but it, <laughs> is is it UEFA Cup or Europa League? It's UEFA Cup. Okay, I shouldn't have told you that. Actually, I've given away an extra clue in there. I wouldn't be too worried. I think mean, you've got to clarify that. Okay. Smart Joe. Daily Adibola. It wouldn't have been FA Cup with us then. It's not Cudicini, is it? This is not Cudicini. Let's start drawing some Venn diagrams here. So if they, if they didn't win the FA Cup with us because they wouldn't have played with Dembele and Lennon, there would have been two 
Yeah, because they would have had to play with Gary Lineker. Exactly. So I guess it could be one of the big teams. We need another clue first, don't we? We get another clue. Yeah, okay. Um, let's have number eight, please, yeah? This player is retired. That, that does actually help, to be fair. It narrows it down a little bit. Um, right, we've got another guess. A lot so of guesses be... I was going through in my brain there. This player is retired. So it's going to be someone who was probably a bit older than Lennon and Dembele, perhaps. Would have been one of the older players in that team. Who was the other player? It was Deli Alabola. Deli Alabola. I don't know who that is. Or I, yeah, Alibola. I don't know who that is. That's, That's not helping, helping me. Then, is it? Is it helping you, Dave? Do you know? Do you I know, know who this is. player? Oh God! Here can I go. can I just take a stab in the dark if we haven't got any ideas, Douglas? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Go on then. Paul Robinson. No. Number ten, please. He wouldn't have won the FA Cup, would he? Number ten. This player's total transfer values are under ten million. Hmm. So this is somebody we've sold for not a lot of money who's gone on to win the FA Cup. I mean, this is <laughs> yes. Thank, thanks a lot for there. the running commentary, Daggett. I need. I need it. <laughs> I need it. To be fair, didn't didn't we do a quiz? Wasn't one of the questions a few weeks ago? All the players that have left us and won trophies, and there were hundreds of them. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't actually help that much now. I think about it, but. It's really tricky. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, I do think we have enough information to work it out. I think if grind it is a bit better. Yeah, I think that that is probably enough to narrow it down. Well, obviously the wife, play, the wife playing the daughter of a rich biscuit factory. If you know that, then you you've probably got it. But even that one aside, so it's you guys for the guess, right? Yeah, but I, I literally haven't got anything. Yeah, I can't think. Of Move on. My, my knowledge of. January transfers is poor. You don't even want to ask one, have one guess? No. Uh, Wilson Palacios. No. I imagine by the time we work out who this player is, the transfer window might have been shut. <laughs> I think you might be right. <laughs> You'll go, guys. Oh, okay, all right. What, what numbers have we not had? Can we have number two, please, Elio, if we haven't had it already? This player is English. Wait, wait, wait. I think... I think uh, Wouldn't wait. have been Arsenal. It might have been Defoe. Nope. Wait, hang on. Anyway, are you going to let us discuss? Oh, I did without you, saying if they're if wrong. If you want to discuss, you can. Yeah, because otherwise, I was about to say. Is it our girl for a clue? Yeah. Yeah, go on. Uh, four. Number four. Uh, he played for Spurs for an entire eighteen months. All right, I have no idea how long this guy played for it, but I'm going to guess because I feel like it matches up. Is it Danny Murphy? Yes, get him. Uh, Why are you celebrating, <laughs> Dave? Getting it right. <laughs> well done, Dave. I should be surprised, but I'm not. That is incredible. I'm celebrating because that is an incredible feat that is, of... That is very good. That Memory is action. brilliant. Dave, that is, that's one of your best. <laughs> that was really that, that is That is impressive. I, I think... to say, if I'd had another 20 guesses, I don't think Danny Murphy would have been one. I know how he got it as well. Dave has been fixating over Adebola ever since that was, that came out. And he remembered that Adebola was once upon a time at Crew Alexandra. And that is where Danny Murphy started his career. Is that how you got to it? Yeah. And didn't he play with Dembele at Fulham? He did. To clarify, again, we mean our Dembele that played at Fulham. Who did he win the FA Cup with? Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, of course. What, and the UEFA Cup as well? Yeah. Did they win in 2001? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, just to wrap it up, well, your, your other clues would have been four clubs in the Premier League, played mm -hmm. 22 league matches for us, scoring two goals, and had nine international caps with one goal. 
Literally, you could have said all of those. I wouldn't have guessed Annie Murphy. Wouldn't have helped. Nine caps. <laughs> I would not have guessed that. You said he's a, a terrible pundit. His wife, Joanna, played a girl in Hollyoaks called Jerry, who had an illicit romance with a footballer. Who looked, who looked like a biscuit factory. Apparently so. What, what are his middle names? <laughs> what are his middle names, Elio? Oh, I didn't look that up. Didn't. Oh, has he got his, has he got his helicopter's license? That's the first thing you should check. I did not look that up either. This is why I don't do Challenge Elio. Well, I have to say, yeah, I think you did well. I think you did well. And I'm, I'm quite disappointed that I didn't get any questions, right? But that's just reinforcing why I'm the one who should be asking <laughs> questions. Well, uh, Team Pat won all three of the first rounds. And hmm. Team Dejo won Who Am I? Call it a draw, guys. I'll take a draw. <laughs> take a draw. There you go. Well done, everyone. Well, well done, well, everyone. Well done to my teammate for carrying our team. <laughs> that was, you were basically like Gareth Bale in 2013 today. You were just like <laughs> dragging me dragging me up and out of trouble. You're well, still not achieving very much. And well done to Dave again for, as always, Dave just dominates the Who Am I game. It's it's uncanny. It's it's crazy how good you are at that game. I like some severe deductive reasoning. Well, Leo, that was not too painful. That was <laughs> that was probably fair. I just I just hate that it was January transfers because I've got a terrible knowledge. I should have seen that coming and revised. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of obvious now. Yeah. I, I'm going to admit something here. When when I heard that Elliot was doing this, I went through and looked up our history, and I did some revision for this. I looked back at I thought you were going to ask us questions about cup finals and just trophies that we've won and goal scorers, and I went through this. This is like when you think you're just going to wing an exam by revising one part really well and hope that's going to come up, and then it doesn't. <laughs> and you open the paper and you're just like, damn it. In choosing the category, I thought, what would Daggis do? I tried to think like you. <laughs> well. Don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Has this experience given anyone else the inspiration to maybe take over Challenge Elio one week? Oh, maybe I can do that. I think I, think I could do something that's a me. very interesting uh, Challenge Elio based solely between the, uh, between the years of like 99 and 2012. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Joe, you fancy doing some questions one week? I know you helped me out before it. with the Elio versus I, I fancy doing it. And uh, of course, we'll be working together on an upcoming spectacular course it will be lead spurs again and that means it's dave versus elio two it does and i think if if everyone remembers the first one which came down to the final question mm. uh which was who what was it was it which la liga team qualifies no no it was which side did Leeds be in, in the quarterfinal quarter of the champions yeah. league that's it. It was, that was the most dramatic end to a challenge. Flavio Conte Sal. <laughs> the, the one player randomly from Devil's Evo that you happened to remember, which got you over the line. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, really I good. thought he was going to go for he was going to go for a different team all the way up until the point <laughs> that he just said, "Yeah, Flavio backing Conte." I, I think he was just I think he was just doing it to heighten the tension. I think he knew all along. You've got that to look forward to because, of course, we're not that far away from the away game against Leeds and uh, we're all going to meet up to obviously to watch that game and we're going to do a very special episode of the podcast then as well. And you guys will be pleased to hear that Joe and I have already been working on preparing the challenge Elio, Elio versus Dave round two 
for that occasion. So you had that to look forward to as well. Dagus and Joe, you now know the pain. Well, not Joe, he's on Dave's team. Dagus, you now know the pain that I suffer every time Dave wins at Who Am I? How does it feel? (laughs) The difference is I expected it. I don't think you ever do. (laughs) But no, it's not so much pain. It's more just admiration. I just hold my hands up and I think that's a talent Dave has there. So, uh, so well done, Dave. Well done, as always. And um, yeah, I feel like the pressure is going to be on you next week now because you're in a bit of a role. Right. I don't so. feel it. So that's it for another episode, I think. I think I'm going I'm to take the mic back off you, Elio. You did very well. And thanks for giving me a little bit less work to do this week. But I think that went pretty well. I'm definitely going to be asking the questions for the foreseeable future so that I don't have to get shown up by not knowing any of the answers. Although, to be <laughs> fair, as Elio will be quick to remind you, I often don't know the answers even when I'm asking the questions. So we'll we'll see how we get on. Um, Thanks again to everyone who has listened so far. And of course, as I said earlier, if you'd like to get in touch and let us know your thoughts on the window or just anything Spurs related, if you've got any questions for any of us or for the group to discuss as a whole, please get in touch on social media at Plus Day Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. Next week, we will be returning, or I say next week, probably a little further along to uh, talk about a few games Uh, coming up and we're going to hopefully have a chance to have seen some of our new signings in action and we'll get to talk about that so all that to look forward to but until then stay classy Spurs fans and we will see you next time here's Deli Alley here's Lucas Moura oh they've done it they've done it